0: I am Michelle and I'm the founder of Faithful Workouts and I am excited to have Jessie with me. Hi! This is Jessie Klitzke. She's been helping me with um, some different things at Faithful Workouts. And just a little bit about Jessie is, she recently graduated from Regis University, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you were on the prayer team at Red Rocks Church for? The young adults, yes. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. she's been on the prayer team there as well. And what Jessie and I have kind of discovered as we've been hanging out more with Faithful Workouts is that we both are very passionate about helping people maybe understand some of the lingo that is misused in the Bible, I guess I'd say. Yes, Christian buzzwords is what we're calling it. There you go. And um, we are not saying that we're the experts here. Yeah. We are just having a dialogue and a conversation with you about this and we're gonna share kind of our opinions. And so we're gonna dig in, we're just gonna talk about three different buzzwords. So which one should we start with, Jesse? Uh, do you wanna
1: start with fear of the Lord?
0: Let's do it, all right, fear of the Lord.
1: So the fear of the Lord is a concept that gets really misconstrued in Christian culture, both past and present, because a lot of people hear fear of the Lord and they think, oh, so that means to live in fear of God. Well, Mm -hmm. not really, not in a biblical context at least. The Mm -hmm. fear of the Lord is mentioned multiple times throughout the Bible. It's talked about a lot in Proverbs and also in, is it Luke 13, or is that a different one? That's a
0: different one, one? but it ties in for
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fear of the Lord is often described as the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of understanding and relationship with God. And that's because the fear of the Lord is to know everything that God can do, all of his power, all of his abilities, his expansive knowledge of the past, present, and future, and knowing that all of that power is working for you in your favor. It is very powerful, and yes, God technically has the power to smite you at any second. <laughs> yeah, But he's not going to because he loves you, and he mm-hmm. wants a close relationship with you, and he's able to do that because he sent his one and only son to die on the cross and take on the weight of our sins and our shame and our guilt. So that's really the root of yeah. the fear of the Lord. At least we feel that's what it is.
0: Yeah, and I've heard it said, like, it's almost like in reverence of, like, or um, in awe of is kind of how that word can Mm -hmm. be almost interchanged with. Now, like she said, he is all powerful and at the end of our life, we will stand before him and he Mm -hmm. is going to to judge us. Yes. Um, But he is a loving father and I think One of the stories in the Bible that if you start to feel like I should fear God and he's mean and he's angry, one of the stories that I think just go to the story of the prodigal son. Absolutely. And if you you haven't heard that story, there's a son who messes up big time. But as soon as he starts walking back towards his father, and the father is representing God, God runs to him Mm -hmm. and wraps him up in his arms and he's Mm -hmm. so thankful. And there's so many stories about how God cares for the lost. He cares for those who who are hurt. Um, I'm reading Mark right now and Jesus says, you know, I I didn't come for the healthy, you know. I I came for those who who need forgiveness. Came for the sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And something else that comes
1: along with this fear of the Lord, knowing that God wants that relationship with us in spite of having all the power in the world to do anything else. Something we were talking about is that God is also described as a jealous God Mm -hmm. and that that's also really misconstrued Mm -hmm. along with the fear of the Lord. Yes, Mm -hmm. our God is a jealous God but not as in some kind of insecure or mean way. He's a jealous God because he knows what's best for you. He has this incredible life plan for you and all he wants is for you to run to him and run to that plan and run to all the beautiful things that he's promised for you. Mm-hmm. And when you stray from that path and away from the salvation that you have in Christ Jesus, God gets disheartened and sad yeah. and a little bit jealous that your time isn't being used for the best plan that he has for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything he does is from a place of love and he wants to be number one in your life. Like, mm-hmm. Not like, it's not like you said, like, he's not like, oh, I'm insecure and I need to know that I'm number one. Yeah. He's just saying, hey, if I'm number one, your life will be better. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's jealous for us. He loves us. I love that song, How He Loves by David Crowder. Yes. And it talks mm-hmm. about that he is jealous for me. Yes. All right, so how about another buzzword? Which one should we do next? How about uh, discipleship versus evangelism? Yeah, that's a, it? yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of confusion sometimes, you know, discipling, evangelism, what's the difference and what do they both actually look like? Yeah. So, I'm going to I'll, I'll kind of give give a try first on this one. So, for evangelism, Evangelism can just happen spur the moment, anywhere. It can be just that you just say one thing, you just share a little bit of maybe your own story or you share just a little piece of Jesus with someone. You're just taking and, and, and trying to help them to, I mean, think of a, a, a football field and when a team gets a first down, it doesn't necessarily mean they score, it just means they're continuing down the field, right? That's a great
1: way to put it,
0: yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that one time, that when we share a little bit, maybe it helps them to get a first down. So maybe it just keeps them in the game, Mm -hmm. and they're just willing to keep hearing, or you hear about a seed, and other people will come in and water it and all that. Um, And it can look like anything, guys. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to to evangelize. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've been touched by his love, you can share that.
1: Yep, you are qualified because Christ qualified you on the cross
0: yeah for sure Mm -hmm. and then there's discipleship and then we were talking about like how discipleship can also be confused with mentoring and coaching and and different things Mm -hmm. Um, and discipleship to me at least means you got to include Jesus okay he's got to be part of the the conversation Mm -hmm. Um, you know I might come alongside someone and help them um, say we work together and I can help them and guide them, I can mentor them, mm-hmm. but if I'm not bringing in Jesus, don't it's call not, it discipleship. Yeah. It's not discipleship
1: in any way. If Christ isn't at the center of what you're trying to do and how you're trying to guide someone, it's good advice, but it's not discipleship. And it's really easy to get Confused what discipleship and evangelism are. So. Yeah, and they're both good. They are. And yes <laughs> Everybody
0: like you could be just a new believer and just be like uh, sharing your faith in evangelism But when you look at what Jesus says right before he left and went back up to heaven He said, you know, um, go and make disciples mm-hmm. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all that I have commanded mm-hmm. So in order to teach what he has commanded you have to know a little bit about Jesus and what he commanded. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can go side, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder with someone who's kind of at the same place as you with your faith, but then you're both kind of discipling and you're both digging in and you're studying the word.
1: Exactly. Proverbs says as well that iron sharpens iron, like good friends sharpen one another. So this doesn't mean that, like Michelle said earlier, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have read the entire Bible and know it extensively. It just matters that Jesus is at the center, and you're just trying to bring each other closer to him and know more about.
0: Yeah, that's discipleship. Mm-hmm. My husband started a ministry a while back called The Way. And he started because God had put on his heart so, um, so, so much that he should reach out and disciple men, but not just disciple them, also to teach them how to disciple others. Mm-hmm. It's that multiplication effect. Yep. And so I was talking to him about discipleship, and I really think of him as one of the absolute experts in this area if there is an expert. Yep. But I said, okay, what are some recommendations you could make to people if they do want to disciple? And so he gave me some suggestions. And a lot of times, I mean starting just straight up in the Bible is great and maybe it's starting with someone in Matthew Chapters 5 through 7, mm-hmm. you know good starting place. Yes, it's um, it's a sermon that Jesus actually te- 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 Teaches I guess um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Sermon on the Mount and all that and then also in the book of John chapters 13 through 17 is yes. another great place. Yep yeah the book of Galatians. The
1: entire book of Galatians is yeah. one of my favorites. Me yeah, too. We're not going to leave anything
0: out there. And mm-hmm. I tell you, um, Tim Keller wrote a book. Tim Keller is, um, well, he was a pastor in Manhattan, New York, and he's now doing more just uh, speaking at all certain, all different places. But he has some amazing sermons and he's written a lot of books. And one of the books is called Galatians for You. And it is Awesome. If you're going to read Galatians and you do his book, it's going to really explain. Yep, they come together perfectly. <laughs> um, another one, The Reason for God, again by Tim Keller, uh, Abba's Child by Brennan Manning. Um, these are some great books. If you're trying to disciple someone, you have a question, you can always um, send me an email and say, here's what we're dealing with, what do you think, mm-hmm. and, and try, um, and we can make a suggestion. So. How's that sound? That's the difference between evangelism, discipleship, anything else? Yes. uh, Righteousness. All right. Righteousness. That's our third buzzword, guys. Yep. Righteousness.
1: I hear it all the time. You read it all the time. You hear it in worship music all the time. And to be righteous is technically to be without sin, without blame. So basically to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. And the reason that this gets confused a lot, something that I see really often is that people will think that to be righteous means that they're better than someone else, and that's not true. Mm -hmm. Righteousness in a biblical context when it comes to us means that when we come to heaven, Jesus is right alongside us because he is righteous and God looks at us with Christ and he sees us as righteous because Christ took on all of our sin and flaws and imperfections and everything that we've messed up. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. what it means to be righteous with regards to being a Christian and believing in your heavenly father But righteousness on this earth can be really, really misconstrued. I see that happen a lot. People think that, oh, well, I'm not sinning in this way, so I must be better than this person. I'm more righteous than this person. Well, Mm -hmm. you're definitely not. (laughs) None of us are. Yeah, we're all sinners. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sin is sin is sin. And Um, so it's a really difficult thing to grasp because if you're trying to live like Christ, that doesn't mean that someone who isn't trying to do that is less than you or less on the pedestal. We are all children of God. Mm-hmm. So to be righteous is not to think highly of yourself. It's honestly to be as humble as you can. Jesus was the most humble person that ever lived and also yeah. the most righteous person that ever lived.
0: Yeah, what was the quote? you remember you told me a quote something earlier? What was yes. it? Yes, so I saw this on
1: Pinterest somewhere. I don't even remember where it was, but it said, um, Jesus looked at you, and then the cross, and said, you're worth it, which
0: just, how beautiful is that, I ah. know, yeah, right, I know, it's so cool, it's
1: such a powerful image, yeah, Yeah,
0: so, um, we are righteous in God's eyes, but we're not better than anybody else, and a lot of times there's, I also think there's another word that kind of comes into play with righteousness, and it's, a hypocrite because people say all the time you know Christians are such hypocrites they you know say they're all holy in this and then they act this way or they yeah. you know and you know what I am a hypocrite I am only because I'm human like we say we want to mm. live one way and I really do I want to yeah, live this yeah. way but I mess up mm. and you can call it a hypocrite I just call it I'm, I'm, I'm flawed I'm you know mm. but I'm forgiven yeah and so I think that's the biggest thing is if you say I would think a little bit more about following Jesus, but I knew too many Christians, and that turns me off. I hear that a lot. Yeah, Heard that a lot. It's mm-hmm. like I'm a student of Jesus. Don't judge Jesus by me. It's like saying that third grade teachers have only the intelligence of their students. It's just not right. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of still is tying in with the righteous thing, guys. Is in that you know what we are righteous in God's eyes, and the rest of the world. I'm not, because they see me and they, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but in in reality, the only opinion that really matters to me is God's. Exactly. And I don't have to achieve my identity with him. Mm -hmm. I receive it because of what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So he tells me I'm beautiful, I'm a masterpiece, I'm his daughter, and I'm righteous. Mm -hmm. It even says in there, flawless and blameless, that's what we are. But again, it's only... He's really saying, "This is what Jesus is, and you're standing and getting it all, all those things too. Yeah. So um, you know, we, we strive to live the way He did, and, and we mess up. And the beautiful thing is there's grace, and that's what is the, the game changer. It's yeah. knowing you're, you're forgiven. There's a song that Jeff and I, my husband and I were just listening to, and it says, in the song, "I don't want to ever abuse your grace." Mm-hmm but I can't really make it through a day without it. Yeah. And then there's one more line and it says, I'm trying to think, hold on. I'm gonna go look for a second. (laughs) Tell them about yourself. Let's see. Let me see. Here's what it says. All right, got my sheet of paper. I don't want to abuse your grace. I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. So grace encourages us to change. It doesn't say, keep on sinning. Yes. Right? Yep. So. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. That's what we got for you today. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening with us. Thanks for listening We'd to We'd love our, to hear your comments. Our Christian buzzwords. There we go. <laughs> See ya.